Mo has what it takes to get to the NFL, but what will it take to make a real role and have a career moving forward? That's what we're going to talk about today on Locked On Golden Gophers. You are Locked On Golden Gophers. No matter what we're going to do here, we're just going to keep rowing. Your daily podcast on the Minnesota Uh, Golden Gophers. Whatever turns out, we're just going to keep rowing. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. We're just going to keep rowing, keep rowing, and keep rowing. You're listening to Locked On Golden Gophers, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. My name is Kane Robb, host of the podcast, former collegiate football video coordinator and recruiting assistant here to talk Golden Gophers with you each and every day of the week, Monday through Friday. Now we're kicking off this Monday with a little talk on Mohamed Ibrahim, one of the Gophers greats and one of the all-time best running backs for this program who is headed to the NFL draft and currently in the midst of a bowl, a prep bowl uh, for the NFL class. The NFL draft class is moving in. He's in the East-West Shrine Bowl, so we'll keep you updated on things we hear from that side of things. But Today's show is brought to you by LinkedIn Jobs. You can hire qualified candidates more efficiently by matching open roles with people who have the skills, values, and experiences to help you achieve your goals in 2023. Post your job for free, linkedin.com slash lockdown college terms and conditions apply. Thank you for listening. Thank you for making Lockdown Golden Gophers your first listen. When it comes to Gophers Daily Sports, we've got some football chat today. Be sure to hit subscribe on YouTube, like, and leave a comment on your thoughts for Mo Ibrahim in the NFL. And I want to know who your dream team is to draft Mohamed Ibrahim. Now, when we're talking about Mo Ibrahim, we're talking about a player who played five years for the Golden Gophers over the course of six years due to injury. Now, his first year out of the gates, freshman year, outside of his redshirt freshman year, his freshman year, he had 1,160 rushing yards, 26 receiving yards, and that was on 202 attempts. Now, a lot of this opportunity came from Rodney Smith going down, but Mohamed Ibrahim stepped up to the plate, served as a quality running back being a guy who was a very low star commit coming out of high school, but continued to carve up the defenses in scout camp. So he really showed that he had the ability, he had the the wherewithal to really take a step up regardless of the stars rankings. This is why we say you can't always look at stars when it comes to recruiting. And Mohamed Ibrahim is the perfect case on that type of player. Now you move into his sophomore year. He only had 604 rushing yards on 114 attempts, but a lot of that comes from Rodney Smith being back, him going back to that RB2 role. Now he had seven touchdowns sophomore year, nine touchdowns his freshman year. So both decent numbers, things you don't dislike at all. Then you move into his junior year where he had 201 attempts. So one less attempt than he saw in his redshirt freshman year. 1,076 yards and 15 touchdowns. Oh, and did I mention that's the COVID year in which he only played seven games, 1,076 yards, 15 touchdowns, 56 receiving yards, which is the most in his career, even including this past season. So he was doing work in that 2020 season, big 10 running back of the year. Uh, I believe he was an all pro that year as well. 
absolutely killed the game. Then he comes in 2021, high expectations on a lot of draft boards. 2021, he was projected to be a third, fourth round type guy who could really be one of the top backs in that class. And unfortunately, goes down to injury, tears his Achilles in the first game of the season, the first game in which he had 163 yards and two touchdowns against Ohio State. That's a tough go. It really, that injury took a huge hit on his draft capital, but he came back. He returned for that sixth year and came out with 320 attempts, 1,665 rushing yards, which is the school's single season record and 20 touchdowns, which is the school's single season record. Broke a lot of career records along the way as well. You guys all know this, but Mohammed Ibrahim was an absolute dominant force and a baller in college. Now, all of that sounds fantastic, right? Well, some of that is going to work against him in this upcoming draft, and it's going to take a hit on his stock, as weird as that may seem. There are a couple things, including the receiving production, which I said 56 yards was the most that he had in his time here. Well, he had 56 yards in 2020. He had 50 yards last year. He had 26 yards in his redshirt freshman year and 13 yards in his sophomore season. So not a whole lot of production through the air. But with that, he saw four receptions, three receptions, eight receptions and seven receptions. But there weren't a whole lot of targets either. So he wasn't being asked to catch the ball very often. That doesn't mean he can't catch the ball. But we'll talk about that in a little bit. So the receiving production is something that will be kind of held against him. But the two main factors, the two number one things that will be held against Mo when it comes to being a draft prospect and really hurts his stock moving into the NFL is his age and coming off an Achilles injury. Those are the top two things, and there are some teams that might be simply scared off of him due to the Achilles injury. That's facts. That's straight up. That's just, it is what it is. Some teams are completely risk-averse, even though he came out with 1,665 rushing yards and 20 touchdowns off of the Achilles injury. Some teams will be like, nope, we can't. We're out. Our doctors won't pass it. And it is what it is, but... There are some teams that will look past that. They'll see the opportunity to capitalize, possibly most likely on a day three pick, but see the talent there, see the production there, see what's on the film and be like, look, we can make this happen. He can be a fit in our system. He's built for our system and he always makes the right play. So I do think, I truly do think Ma Ibrahim will get drafted in this draft. I think it'll be a day three pick, probably anywhere between rounds five and seven. The higher end is an early fifth round pick, maybe a late fourth round pick, but I don't really see that happening. And I think he gets at least drafted in the seventh round. I would be shocked if he was an undrafted free agent because somebody is going to see the production, see not even just the production, but the film. What Mo puts on film, it's hard to replicate when it comes to the vision, when it comes to how he he bites through contact and creates additional yards after. It wasn't just, oh, the offensive line was just one of the best in the nation. He just followed his blocks. No, absolutely not. If you think that, one, you haven't watched the film at all, and two, you haven't watched the film at all. I'm just going to be straight up with you. If you think he's just following his blocks, go back, watch the tape, and be impressed. You don't have to consider him a day one or a day two guy because of his skills that he does have, 
But if you came away with that, then you aren't watching football. But those are the things that are really working against Mo. And you know what? I think there are ways he can combat that. I think there are ways in which he can improve his stock still coming up. And we're going to talk about that a bit later. I also want to talk about that reception flag that we have, that production in the receiving game, which you need to reconsider. You need to adjust your thought process. And we're going to talk about that coming up next. First, I want to talk to you about our friends over at FanDuel. They are our new sponsor with the podcast, and we're really excited for them to be our new sports betting partner for Lockdown because they're the number one sports book in America, and that is FanDuel. If you're new to FanDuel, that's even better. They have many great features that make betting on sports fun and easy. Now, if you download FanDuel now, you can bet Super Bowl 57 with a no sweat first bet. You get up to $3,000 back in bonus bets if your first bet, even if your first bet doesn't win, you can still get some of those bonus bet cashes back to you. Again, this is a no sweat first bet. So if you want to bet on the money line, if you want to bet on the point spreads, if you want to bet on who's going to score the first touchdown, they can do that all over for you at FanDuel. FanDuel Sportsbook is safe, secure, and super easy to do. But best of all, you get paid after your winnings instantly. So definitely check out FanDuel.com slash on to claim your no sweat first bet for Super Bowl 57. Again, that's FanDuel.com slash on. Make every moment more with FanDuel, official sportsbook partner of the NFL. All right, Gophers fans, so let's talk into one of those red flags. Let's talk into it more in depth right now, and that is the part about the passing game. Now, I want to get into this because this will be a more brief segment of the show, but it's just such a fallacy sometimes. You have to take more into consideration. Now, there's a bunch of fantasy football analysts that'll be out there like, oh, you can't catch the ball, you can't catch the ball. But if, you, if you're if you looking for evaluation, real evaluation, make sure you're checking out some of these NFL scouts on Twitter and following what they're having to say and what they're getting from these prep bowls because they don't care if you haven't caught the ball a ton in college as far as the production you put on the field. They're looking at every aspect of your game in these paired with the film out there to see what you can do. So when you're looking at these, like there's been all sorts of people on Twitter that are like, oh, you can't catch the ball. You can't catch the ball because he doesn't in the games for college. But these are the same people that were saying Jonathan Taylor can't catch the ball. Kenneth Walker can't catch the ball like okay, let's get past the fact that the Big Ten doesn't ask their running backs to catch the ball very often. Not every program does. And is that a problem? Potentially for those programs, because you know what? Maybe you weren't getting the best out of that running back in which they were already an all-caliber running back in the conference. Just think, there's NFL teams now that are getting Kenneth Walker involved in the passing game, getting Jonathan Taylor involved in the passing game because they have the ability to catch and it's just another weapon to use them, get the ball in their hands and find ways to create with them. If if the Gophers, if the Badgers, if the Spartans would have used them in that manner, who knows if they would have even had more 
yardage, more impact, more touchdowns. So just because they didn't do it doesn't mean they can't. I've always said we should use the screen game more. The fact that the Minnesota Gophers haven't really run very many true running back screens is a baffling thing to me because they're so effective in the run game they have so many people stacking the box against the run that you're setting yourself up for success in the screen game especially after you've set up for play action we know that they've used play action a ton but you're setting yourself up for okay you drop back and now you have more people coming because the box is loaded you dump off a screen pass which should have more openings out to the outside and your big boy linemen which have had so much success in the run game should be able to create some additional yardage and it should be an easier passing concept for a younger quarterback like Ethan Kalik man is being thrown into the fire for Tanner Morgan who sometimes when the pressure comes up, when things get heated, can panic or can make a mistake in the reading and reading the field and getting the ball out quickly, why not create a running back screen, especially on a down or a play where you know the heat is coming? Sometimes we're running the ball on third and eight, third and 10, and people are like, oh, what the heck? Why would we run the ball there? Now, sometimes Mo pulled that bad boy out and it happened, and you're astounded by the talent that he had on the field. But sometimes we could just drop in a quick running back screen due to a blitz coming that was being anticipated and getting that additional yardage to get a first down. The running back screen could have been and still could be huge for the running backs in the Gophers running back room. Hopefully we'll see more with Matt Simon moving to that play calling duty. We'll see what happens. I have my fingers crossed, but I won't fully hold my breath on that one. But there was nothing saying that Mo Ibrahim couldn't catch the ball. Nothing said that. Whether it was a detriment to Minnesota or not, because they didn't use him in that facet, now you're you're looking at the East-West Shrine Bowl just started their practices, and Mo's out there catching the ball. I've already retweeted two different posts now. He made a huge catch off of a linebacker. Uh, I believe he ran a wheel route towards the end zone, made the catch while falling into the end zone, and then they ran him through the passing drill gauntlets, and he was catching each one left, right, left, right, boom, like... He has the hands to do it. We just didn't use him in that manner. But that should help him in this bowl game, in this prep phase to see, oh, he does have the ability. I wonder why Minnesota never used him in that capacity. Again, similar vibes to JT, similar vibes to Kenneth Walker. I've said that twice now, but I want to stress, I'm not saying that Mohammed Ibrahim is going to be Jonathan Taylor or he's going to be Kenneth Walker. I'm not even saying he's going to be that caliber type of player in the NFL. So don't take it as that, but I'm just saying, just don't necessarily write a guy off as he can't do it or he's bad at it because he wasn't asked to do it in college. Look at the program, look at how they play, their play style, how they run, what the history under that coaching staff is, and then maybe take that into consideration because you might be doing yourself a disservice if you're just making the assumption based on lack of production. Now, like I said, in the East-West Shrine Bowl, the practices so far, he's been showing out, he's been showing off that ability. And honestly, the Shrine Bowl is the biggest thing. And maybe if he can do well enough to receive a late Reese's, 
in invite for the Reese's Bowl, that would be huge. That would be massive. But even if he doesn't, this Shrine Bowl pro pro prep prep bowl opportunity is the biggest thing for Mohammed Ibrahim's draft capital for his draft investment for him as a draft prospect. And we're going to talk about why coming up next. All right, Gophers fans, thank you so much for listening to Lock on Golden Gophers and making us your first listen when it comes to Gophers Daily Sports. Now, if you want to learn more about the Senior Bowl and about everything that's going on there, Locked On is heading to the Senior Bowl, and you can get inside analysis from the hosts that covered the NFL's next generation in college and find out which NFL draft boards these players will be climbing all in one location. You can subscribe to Locked On NFL Draft for nightly shows, nightly live shows, from the Senior Bowl on Tuesday, Wednesday, and Thursday at 9 Eastern, 8 p.m. Central. All right, so let's talk about this bowl game. Let's talk about the East-West Shrine Bowl. And you know what? Mo Ibrahim, his biggest opportunity is for him in the Shrine Bowl to show off, to show exactly, show out who he is and the type of player he is at these prep bowls because most of this work that he's doing directly with coaching staffs in game type situations will show his true assets. It will show his ability, his vision, his quick, his quick adjustments, the cuts that he can make while in, um, in the immediate vicinity of the line, uh, being able to adjust with the ball in his hands. He's not a burner. He's not a breakaway guy that's going to burn down the field and get an 80 yard touchdown, but his quick ability to read the field, hit the holes, his vision, his, quick burst as far as in that immediate vicinity he's got all that that is a great asset for him is and his ability to fight through contact always fight forward in his yards after contact have always been impressive it's something that is a huge strategy of his we've talked about it in previous shows before we even talked about how coach joe rossi tapped some of his nfl connection to find out what they were saying about mo how they felt about mo and they all recognized that that ability was next level now again he's going to need this pro prep bulls to really show that stuff off because you're not able to show those type of things in the combine at a pro day it's only when you're out there with a full field of guys doing live or semi-live drills, semi-live scrimmages, and then finally in the bowl game itself where you can thrive in that area and show why you are special in that facet. So this stage of the draft process is most important for Mo Ibrahim to continue to keep his stock up into that draft level territory. Now, like I said, most likely he's going to be a day three guy, and I think he would be best served by playing in a system that does use more of that running back by committee or a shared room at the NFL level because you can allow him to be in the situations where he thrives more. You don't have to have him always playing every down up and down the field, but put him in the once you hit into the red zone or getting inside the red zone in the short yardage areas where he really thrives, he really fights through contact and he gets you those final extra yards to get that first down, to get into the end zone. So I think that that would be best suited for a guy like Mohamed Ibrahim. Now for me, dream scenarios as of this moment would be the Panthers, 
with head coach Frank Wright coming in. He likes to use multiple backs. He used Jonathan Taylor, Naheem Hines. He would throw Jordan Wilkins in there. I mean, he he likes to capitalize on running backs' strengths. And I think that that would be a great thing for Mo Ibrahim. Plus, you just saw the success that they had with Deonta Foreman, who was coming off an Achilles injury uh, years back, and now he's showing that he can still do it, plus Chuba Hubbard. And then that would be a great spot for Mo. On top of that, I think the Saints would be a good spot, letting him fight in the short yardage like Mark Ingram does for them, let him get facilitated in different areas and you know Alvin Kamara is the guy but they always give other running backs opportunities I think that would be great for Mo Ibrahim and two other ones that I think would be dream scenarios are the Bears who just love to run the ball they've used Montgomery they've used Justin Fields they've used Khalil Herbert and I think Mohamed Ibrahim could be another guy in the short yardage that could be great in that system and then the last one for dream scenarios for me is the Rams the Rams have struggled to get a running game going, especially once they get in the red zone. Now, Cam Akers came alive at the end of this year. He had moments where he came alive in other parts of his career as well. He has that extra speed. He has the ability to keep fighting. Again, a guy coming off a torn Achilles. So they're not afraid of the injury itself. And they know that a player can fight through that and become more. And I think if you pair Cam Akers with a guy like Mohamed Ibrahim, you let Cam Akers do all of that dirty work up and down the field. If he breaks one, cool. If he sometimes gets looks in the red zone, fine. But I think if you let Mohamed Ibrahim take over in the red zone and be a guy that gets worked in, I'm not saying he gets every touch in the red zone, but he gets opportunities in there in order to fight and get those extra yards and scrap and keep the running game effective in that short yardage area. I think that would be a great combination. They might be my favorite landing spot option for Muhammad Ibrahim. And they often are using late picks because they've traded away all the early ones. So I think it would be a good fit for him. Now, other scenarios I could see are Eagles, Patriots, Dolphins, Cowboys, teams that are starting to incorporate more running backs into their system and usage of more than just one guy. Now, overall, I think if he's partnered with a dominant back, I think Muhammad Ibrahim could look a lot like one player in specific in the NFL as far as opportunity goes, as far as role goes that we're seeing right now. And I think he could play a very, very, very similar role to Jamal Williams in Detroit. Now, Jamal Williams did it with the Packers. He did it with Detroit, but he's never been the guy. He's never been, he's never been that sole featured back. That's going to be amazing and everybody's going to talk about and you're going to see him on sports center but what he does is he does the dirty work he does what's needed he does what's asked of him and he is scrappy he's always fighting forward he's used in short yardage and he capitalizes on it and the best that we've ever seen him do it now he's done it throughout his entire career each and every year but the best we've ever seen him do it was this year where he absolutely dominated in the red zone area for the Detroit Lions who gave it to him. They have a highly talented back, a back that is out of this world and can be special, could be a Saquon type guy, could be a Kenneth Walker type guy in the NFL as far as the ability and talent they have in DeAndre Swift. But they still run the committee. They stay true to the committee. They stay true to the strengths of the running back, much to the chagrin of a lot of fantasy football players out there. But I believe that Mohamed Ibrahim could have a role like that in the NFL and could play that role very, very well. 
So that's where I'm at. That's what I've got for you today on Locked on Golden Gophers. Definitely be sure to tune in tomorrow where we're going to talk about Eighth and Cali McManus a little bit more. I'm also going to drop another show this afternoon talking about some of the highlights and some of the things that I've heard from these Gophers in the prep bowl or the prep bowl practices so far, including Jordan Howden, including Mo Ibrahim, including Terrell Smith, Tanner Morgan. We're going to talk about all of that in a shorter show this afternoon. So be sure to tap in. This is Kane Rob with Locked On Golden Gophers. Be sure to hit subscribe and let me know who you would love to see Mohamed Ibrahim get drafted to. That's going to do it for us. Row the boat. Skyima. Go Gophers.